So staying as present and knowing that those moments are so fleeting, but also knowing that it's not forever, which Mm -hmm. is a sad thing, but also can be kind of an encouraging thing because that difficult season is going to pass. Welcome to the Hey Mama podcast. We're your hosts, Tessa and Shayna. We are sisters, mothers, and doulas, and are passionate about living an intentional life and all things motherhood. This podcast exists to create community as we learn how to delight in motherhood together. Join us weekly as we chat with women about anything and everything from non-toxic living to women's health to feeding our families and our favorite topic of all, birth. We are so glad you're here. Please keep in mind, the views of our guests may not necessarily reflect our own and vice versa. This is not medical advice. We always encourage you to do your own research and make an informed decision. Let's get to it. Well, hello. Hello, hello. (laughs) Welcome to Hey Mama. We are so glad you guys are here. Today we have a really fun conversation. We're going to be talking with Danny McEntee. Um, I have known her for quite a few years and she's an amazing mama and friend and wife and we're just so excited to sit down and chat with her. So Danny, do you want to tell us just a little bit about yourself and kind of all the fun things? Yes. Hi, ladies. And also, thank you for having me. This was very exciting. And I'm a little nervous. I don't think I've ever officially been on a podcast before. So we're a little nervous, too. You. It's fine. You guys are you're wonderful. And I love you both. And you're incredible. Love so I'm you. so excited to see the path your motherhood has taken. Um, thank you. Uh, thank you. So, yeah, I'm Danielle McEntee, or Danny, as most of my friends call me. And um I live in Bozeman, Montana, so I'm a California girl, but we moved, re- relocated here in 20, January, 2021. So, wow. um, still when COVID was going strong, doing its thing, we relocated up here and, um, I, uh, pursued my, or I started to pursue kind of a continuing passion that I really took seriously once we moved up here um becoming a certified direct entry midwife um so cool and so my yeah my journey started once we moved up here i've got three little girls little they're 13 10 and 8 now oh my uh, gosh so yes full-blown teenager in the house we're cycling no big deal um oh my gosh yeah or we're not cycling, we're uh, sinking. That's what I meant. <laughs> I know what it's called. That um, is crazy. We knew what you meant. Yeah, <laughs> you knew what I meant. So, and then we so cool. we were in LA the last five years before we moved up here and working at a church down there. My husband's a pastor, um, mostly youth and, and um, children's ministry. So he's working at a church up here. And I am working at the Bozeman Birth Center with a, a home birth midwife who just last year bought the birth center. And I am about five. I'm a, a licensed birth assistant and a certified midwifery apprentice. Every state has different qualifications. Okay. Um, so cool. I'm licensed to assist in prenatals and births, but I'm five births away from being able to actually take my NARM exam, which would mean I'd be a certified professional midwife, and then I could become oh. licensed in the state of Montana. So very oh my close. Gosh. 
so cool. Oh, quite a so close. Yes. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you. Thank you for introducing yourself. We're so happy you're here. We're excited yes. to talk to you. Um, <laughs> we're going to really quickly do our little mother moment of the week. Yes. So, Danny, what was your mother moment of the week? I had a few. I wrote them down and I was trying to think of what was the best one. And I, I would have to say, um, I have a couple. Uh, last night was one of them. My oldest daughter has been at winter camp all weekend and oh. my two younger daughters have been at home with me, just the three of us. Cause Ben's also, he was also at winter camp. And so we've just been hanging out all weekend and doing fun things and baking and tea parties, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, um, I told them if I get called into a birth that they'd have to come with me to the birth center. And so I wasn't sure how they they were going to take that because I'd have to pick them up at like two in the morning, out of bed, put them in the truck, drive them to the birth center, put them in the second birth room. I packed their bags, suitcases, crafts, snacks. Oh my gosh. Wow. Um, and I never got called to do a birth, but they were so excited. Oh, <laughs> they wanted to get called in. They wanted me to get called in so badly. And I felt oh. like these last couple of years, I really struggled with when I have to leave them and go to a birth and, you know, um, and the schedule is really wonky as I'm sure you guys know. And just to see that like it, my mom guilt sets in sometimes, like, should I yeah. be doing this? I'm away from my kids. But the fact that they are so invested also in what I'm doing and understand the importance of it, that they were actually so looking forward to me getting called in so they could be there and be a part of it just oh to be around it and know there was a baby being born in that room. Yep. I felt like, okay, they're going to be okay. What I'm doing is, is, normalizing birth for them and making it an exciting thing. Um, and that just made me like, that was a really good mothering moment. That wasn't even like a midwife moment. That was like, okay, what I'm doing is not, you know, harming them because I'm away from them sometimes. Right. What I'm doing is not, you know, like stunting their development because it's weird schedules and I miss their birthday parties sometimes, you know, things like that. Those are all hard, but at the end of the day, they're really excited about it too. So maybe one of them will Mm -hmm. be a midwife. We'll see. That's so encouraging because I feel like we're already struggling with that. Like with both of our just littles right now and just, yeah, Yeah, going, going away in the middle of the night for a birth or not waking up when, or not being there to see them wake up and do a routine. So that is encouraging. Thank you for that encouragement. Mm. And what an example you're setting for them. How amazing that birth is a joy and it's not something to fear mm-hmm. and it's something they're excited right. about. And that is so that they're, you are literally rating that excitement and they're taking out like, Oh, mama's excited. Like I'm excited about this. You know, that's mm-hmm. so cool. And it's, it's so not cool. mama's world. It's our world. Like yeah. we all going to be a part of it. Yeah. We want to be a part of it. Midwifery and it's not just like is this a family sport. Thing. It is. Yeah, that's a good way. I love that. Oh, so mm-hmm. cool. So they, that's the best. I know. I'm like, we, we can't compare. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had a lot of them. It was a really beautiful week. Uh, Mm. I don't always have those, but this this week was Uh, really, really, you have discouragements and encouragements and you caught me on a encouraged, encouraging week. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. So cool. Tessa, what was yours? Um, so like really close to what Danny experienced. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, my, 
I'm very excited about this in a positive way. And so I also do speech therapy for years. So in the speech therapy world, I'm very proud of my son for this. And uh, he's exploding in language, which is so fun to see because he can communicate so much more. But he uh, started just to tell us, he was telling us no very clearly when he didn't want something. No, but now he literally this week just started telling us yes. No. So if I say, you hungry, Sage? You Are you hungry? Do you want more food? Yes. And I go, okay. <laughs> and it's like, everything's kind of a question, yes. But he's able to make these decisions so much more. And it just gives me so much. I'm like, you have your autonomy, buddy. And I love yeah. it. I like to see it. So it's just an exciting little language, you know. That's so cute. But it's so cute. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mama loves you. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if he fully understands, but he's saying yes. He's getting there. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, your mother well, moment. We didn't plan this, but mine was River literally today comes into the room and goes, hi, daddy. Oh. And I was like, what? She's never, she says dada and mama. Uh-huh. Like, hi, mama. Hi, dada. Hi, dada. Hi, dada. Nonstop. But literally walks, opens the door and goes, hi, daddy. <laughs> and I was like, what? And Tess was here to witness. And I was like, oh. Wow. Oh my. And like Julian will say like, come give daddy a hug or come give daddy a kiss. Like, okay, daddy's going to leave. And this is the first time I was like, oh my gosh, it's just, they're growing oh, up. They are. Yeah, it's so it. beautiful. Oh, caught, caught, not taught. Yes. She just heard her daddy say daddy. And All she's the time. It. Mm-hmm. That's so cute. It's <laughs> so fun. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you for I love those names, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. do too. They, we didn't know they were getting to be so popular because now it's like the number one name of like, not the number one, it's like on like the top 100 list of names in yeah. 2022. And I was like, gosh, darn it. People. Or, or we'll hear there was somebody we were talking to the other day and they were like, oh yeah, um, they named their child Sage, but their backup was River. Yes. And we're and like, like oh my wait, what? And it was for a, gr- a girl. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it was just so funny because people always think Sage is a girl and River's a boy. Yeah. They always so, do. Well, I don't know. I was very upset recently because on Facebook, a friend of mine, not really friend, but I know them, also named their baby Jubilee. And I was like, <gasps> like, it's not a common word that we use. And like, I was like, how dare you? Because <laughs> my middle I love Jubilee, the name Jubilee. And I thought I was so unique, but it happened. You <laughs> are unique. I've never met another Jubilee. I've never met another Jubilee or another Lavender. I mean, yeah. And I love both those names. Me too. I was like, yeah. uh, Dang it. If Danny didn't have a lavender, but if you didn't have a lavender, it would never have occurred to me. Like I want to name my daughter lavender. True. So I love, and Lavi as a nickname. Oh, yeah. you guys, Danny yeah. has amazing names for her girls. They're all beautiful and unique. <laughs> we love them all. <laughs> can't take them, but we love them. <laughs> um, okay. Well, talking about your girls, Danny, do you want to like tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about your early life, your early marriage? Ben and those kind of days and then just kind yeah. of like your your journey through motherhood a little bit now with teenagers and, and preteens and all of that craziness. <laughs> well, I uh born in Fresno, California, Central Valley, what? Five five nine. Uh <laughs> then I then we moved to LA, well, San Fernando Valley when I was about four and we lived there till I was about ten. Reseda. Oh. Uh, and then moved back to Fresno and then I moved back to LA for college (laughs) and I got 
kicked out of college because I was a naughty girl and was not <laughs> going to school or classes or anything. What? I didn't know that. And... A wild woman. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Well, it doesn't take much <laughs> to get kicked out of a Christian private university. Right. I'll just tell you that. Right. Um, so those were my mistake <laughs> years. I was figuring stuff out. And mm-hmm. then when I moved back to Fresno from being kicked out of school and basically like <laughs> tail between my legs, living with my parents, feeling like I don't know what's going on in my life. I'm such a loser. What do I want to do with myself? Um, that's when I met Ben and he had kind of similarly made his way back to Fresno because he's from there originally, but he was in San Francisco and oh he God. had um, moved back to Fresno because he was living with a girl up there who was. I always tease him because she was an art school student and she had a shaved head. And I think it's hilarious that he dated someone <laughs> like that. And so, I, and then met me, which I'm, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm artsy, but I've definitely never shaved my head. So we met <laughs> at Starbucks artsy. where he, he was working and um, he went to high school with me actually, but he didn't, his mom was my teacher and I loved her, but he was uh, a senior when I was a freshman in high school. So I knew who so he cool. was because of his mom <laughs> mm-hmm. and he, he didn't remember me. I was, I introduced myself and he's like, I go, you went to Fresno Christian, right? And he goes, yeah, I don't remember you. Um, <laughs> so that was, that was a cool way to start off our relationship. <laughs> so we kind of were like, it, you know, he was in a band at the time and he invited me to come like photograph him. And he like, believe it or not, looked like Kurt Cobain at the time, just long bleach blonde, grungy hair, smoking a pack a day, very like angsty, like 140 (laughs) pounds soaking wet, like this scrawny little guy. And I was like, apparently really into that. So this is exactly we started hanging out. (laughs) We started hanging out and like, what are we doing with our lives? And went out and like went to a lot of shows and we're, you know, partying and smoking and do all those things that, you know, like, I guess musicians do. We were kind of in that, like <laughs> that world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got, then he proposed to me like nine months later and we got married a year. I, I, I just have to preface this. I never wanted to get married, nor did I ever want to have children. I just had gone mm. through so many bad relationships. And before I met him, I was literally signed up to go to the Peace Corps. And Oof. I was like, wow, peace out. I'm done with men. I'm going to just go be an independent woman. And I don't have time for any of this stuff. So um, he was really a godsend because he not only changed my I was kind of like a man hater at that point. He really showed me like Mm -hmm. that there are really good men out there, but that also have a little bit of a fun wild side. Cause I had (laughs) gone to a Christian university. The guys I dated all wanted to be ironically pastors and were total (laughs) to be, to be honest, like no fun, you know? And so, and, and I was a, very wild for them. So when I met Ben, we were both kind of in this, this stage of life where we grew up in Christian families. We had faith, but we were still exploring it on our own and Mm -hmm. we were still having fun. So we kind of 
our our faith grew together once we met each other and we're on this journey and I didn't really want to get married but I also wanted to be with him and so it was one of those decisions that I was like all right Lord I'm just going to trust you that this is the right thing even if it doesn't quote unquote feel emotionally like I'm ready which who's really ever emotionally ready for marriage right, like right. it's a learning curve right and we got married and it was a rough couple of years, like really, really, really rough those first few years, um, just adjusting to that. And, um, you know, he was still playing music and our pastor who at the church that we were at, who married us and did our premarital counseling. And he was the only reason we were at that church. We adored him. He, um, like a year after we got married, committed suicide. He was 50 years old. It was just like this. <sighs> horrible thing and then I got pregnant with Lucy and then Ben oh was in this gosh. band and one of his bandmates died and it was like just like all these awful tragic life experiences that we were dealing with together and then I had Lucy and I had severe postpartum depression because it was it was a hospital birth it was an epidural it was an episiotomy it was um, mm. suctioning of her head it was like oh my 40 hours of labor. She was posterior. Oh my, oh my gosh. It was like all of these things that, of course, you know, that affects, right? Hormonally, our, our postpartum stage. And, and uh, we had a really, really rough go of it. And then about 2011, um, when we'd only been married a couple of years, we basically had a decision to make and we 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 kind of hit this um climax of okay either we make this marriage work or we don't that's kind of where mm -hmm. we where we landed because we were just having so many troubles mm -hmm. and we decided okay we're gonna just do the hard work and make this work um and it was not an easy decision and it didn't get easier automatically but it was <laughs> july 10th 2011 which is the date mm. we have tattooed on our arms um, that we decided we're gonna we're gonna make this work so after that we you know had a couple more kids i had two home births with my other girls which totally blew my first birth out of the water in so far as like <laughs> what i thought birth could be and should be mm -hmm. um and that's what started my journey towards this. So yeah, that's like a oh. sort of truncated, but probably also very long version of what question you were asking me. <laughs> that was perfect. That, that was, was amazing. Yeah, that was so well done. Thank you yeah. for explaining that. And just, yeah, trying to think about just the difference between your postpartums and those yeah. birth differences. Just so, so wild. Absolutely. I just learned so much that I did not know. <laughs> no, there's a lot. I was like, oh, I forgot that. Or like, yeah, I forgot yeah. that Ben's mom, you guys called her Omi, right? That's what you, the girls called her? Oma. That's what they, Oma. Yeah, the girls yeah. called her Oma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I forgot that she was your teacher. I think that is so mm -hmm. sweet. And I knew you guys had a really good relationship. So that, that, that yeah, made she's wonderful. Like, okay. yeah. And again, this would be a little bit off, you know, topic of what we had previously discussed, but just after yeah. hearing it, what do you feel like was the turning point for you guys of why you decided to make it work? Because that's such a pivotal thing and mm. you were still so young in marriage and young 
in life in general that it was like, okay, why, why did you decide to, if you can answer that? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like without going into all the, the nitty gritty details of it, obviously, because like a lot of it's very personal, but I feel like at the end of the day, we like, I think we both realized there was a moment. I'll just explain the moment because the moment I think is a lot. There is a point in time where that night where we had this really big blow up and we were living at my folks house at the time and they live out in the country in Clovis. And so it's like pitch black because there's no lights out there. And it was at, it was at night and we both went out in the backyard and I was standing out there and we were just so angry. You know, when you're so angry at somebody, you can't even like look at them, let alone touch Mm -hmm. them. And we went outside and it was just pitch black and then there are stars everywhere. And Ben came outside and he like just stood next to me and like he reached for my hand and like, I knew he didn't even want to hold my hand and I didn't want to hold his, but we did it anyway. Yeah. And we just got on our knees and like repented basically to the Lord because we're both Mm. being, you know, excuse my French, but assholes to each other. Like that was pretty Mm. much, we were being selfish. We were not Mm -hmm. putting each other first as you should in marriage. We were not caring for each other. Um, Mm -hmm. And there was a million different excuses as to why, well, you did this, but you did this, but you did that. And that caused me to do this. And of course, right. right? Like we just owned up to our own mistakes um, and just asked the Lord to, to heal our marriage and save it basically. And he did. And it was that, it was a very miraculous moment. And um, we, we shared it with a, a trusted friend of ours, you know, and they said that was, we shared with them the date that we made that decision. And they said, you know, um, in the Bible, the day of, of Jubilee, it's the 10th day of the seventh month. And it's the day when all sins are forgiven and all debts are paid. Wow. And so yeah, I, I would say, I give me the too. <laughs> Wow. And consequently, that was the night when we conceived my daughter, Jubilee. <gasps> and so that's oh where we God. came up with I that name. <laughs> Danny. Oh, my yeah, God. I was and like, it has to be beautiful. a girl because we can't name a boy Jubilee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. wow. Thank you. Thank you for answering yeah. it. And, oh. and that context of just like yeah that is truly one of the most beautiful things i've ever heard i am crying i, I do have goosebumps my pregnant i self still get goosebumps it. 10 That's... years later 11 years later whatever you know oh my gosh so... that is like so raw and so powerful and so mm. beautiful and the lord is so so good but that i just love all those symbols that is incredible yeah yeah i yeah you could be probably like well, I know in the moment you didn't know all of those things. So I'm sure oh, yeah. after talking to that trusted friend, you're like, even more so, how how could we not then continue? How mm-hmm. could we not like stand for each other? And wow. And yeah, that act of of holding someone's hand, you know, especially like mm-hmm. husbands after uh-huh. fight, that's the last thing that I know I ever wanted to. Yeah. Yep. But it's also the first thing that I feel like I'm supposed to do. It's like just one touch, like whether yep. just touch his shoulder or his yep. arm or and his to go from that kiss. to like making a baby in the same night. Right. <laughs> like the, you know, that was a I good night. That, to go, that was miraculous. I mean, yes. truly like that's yes. So wow. I, I look back on that and I realize everything changed 
not everything didn't get easier, right? Like we've, right. we've still, we've been married 16 years and we've still had <sighs> endless struggle, but that was kind yeah. of where we like, we, we, we basically said, if we could, if we could get through this, we can get through anything. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's been a lot of other, you know, his mom's passed away. He's had colon cancer that he struggled with. We've had, yeah. you know, financial troubles and struggles within our jobs and, and churches and, you know, spiritual and, and like moments of not doubting our faith, but really wrestling with it, you know? And so you just, you go through it all and you look back at this, you have this, this almost like this North star where you can look back and say, yeah, but we got through that. So this is nothing in comparison. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you decided to be on the same team with each other and literally Mm -hmm. surrender to the Lord. And that's so beautiful. So so neat. Thank that you is for yeah. sharing that, Danny. Thank you. I think we could just be done right there. You just closed it down. <laughs> I'm kidding. No way. Oh, that was amazing. That's it. So you've literally been you've been so many things it feels like in this life, but you've been, you know, a mom. You've been a doula. You've been a pastor. You've been an artist and you still are all these things. And kind of how did that journey with like all these different vocations and passions that you've had kind of lead you to midwifery of course you're kind of same with your births and everything like that but how do you guys find yourself you know in bozeman montana yeah literally (laughs) with your three girls and you left us all in california (laughs) we feel a little abandoned (laughs) i'm kidding we do not no we're not the only ones (laughs) yeah yeah everyone left (laughs) i know But well, yeah, how, just kind of just all those different things. And cause I feel like you still yeah. use so many, like you're still all those things, you know, right now. So, yeah. Well, and I'm sorry if I'm interrupting you at all. Cause I think there's a little bit no. of lag. So there's a couple of times where I've said something and someone was still talking and I hate interrupting. So I'm sorry if I did no. that. Um, I'm trying we to like, apologize. wait a few seconds. No, it's not. It's listen, California, Montana. <laughs> that's a lot of, that's, that's a little bit of, of uh, distance. So, um, <laughs> We, we moved, well, gosh, I don't even, I've always had a, a heart for the creative and the artistic. And I've always, I was that weird kid that would ra- like rather sit inside and read a book than go and, you know, play Nerf gun outside. And, and I still kind of in that weird kid a little bit. Um, but I, I would always make plays and write. I wrote my first book when I was eight and I sent it to, you know, 20 publishers. Of course it was rejected because it was written by an eight year old, but there's just been that part of me that I love performing and writing and creating. And, um, you know, then I kind of like, I got into sports cause that's how I was making friends. And then I loved that. Cause I like, you know, I loved being an athlete and and getting outside and just doing hard things. And I didn't realize how competitive I was too. And so I did Mm. like basketball and powder puff football and like all these, all these fun, crazy sports. Um, and then I think when I was home from college, cause I went to school originally for film, um, Cause I always just thought it'd be really cool. I loved creating things like um, even in my photography, I love like conceptual cinematic photographs. And I did a lot mm-hmm. of artistic photography. Like when I first met Ben, I was doing band photography and it was all very like album cover style band photography, like mm-hmm. grungy and like weird lighting and, 
you know, not just like <laughs> nice portraits of families, which I ended up doing later because that's where the money is, you know. Um, <laughs> and so I did like wedding photography. I had my own business for 10 years and I did, I, you know, wedding photography and family photography and all that other kind of stuff. And it was, it was great money, but then it started feeling like I was not getting to be creative anymore and people mm. just wanted like nice photos and not you know like fun funky <laughs> artistic yes. ones um so I kind of got bored of that and I that's when I you know in the midst of having babies I was really blessed to be able to be at home with them and um in those early formative years when I was still nursing and um I would kind of take photo shoots here and there um and then was really, after having those home births, really interested in doula work, but I didn't, I, I didn't know how to go about it. I just had friends that it was relatively a new thing in my friend group to have a home birth. Like, I think mm -hmm. I was the only one um, outside of my other one friend who had done it first. And I just had people calling me and friends asking me questions. And, um, and I, I could talk about it all day long. I realized I could talk about birth yeah. and the body and pregnancy <sighs> and labor and it was just, I had never felt more empowered and accomplished as when I delivered a baby naturally in my home. Like there's mm. nothing like it. Talk about a high. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. like it. <laughs> and so I wanted other women to experience that because I, I had seen the, the hospital based model with all the interventions, the cascades of interventions. And then I had seen the, the natural, what I call you get in trouble for calling it natural nowadays but i normal natural <laughs> labor at yep. home with your body doing what it's supposed to do and i was like surely women don't know about this or else they would all be doing it like that's what i <laughs> felt and so i kind of started doing like i use the word doula loosely because it was more um you know childbirth education support um some uh, like I went to an actual doula training course with birthing from within and spent the whole weekend with all these other women and, um, became certified. And then I had all these doula clients lined up and that was right about the time when, excuse me, when Ben got the call to interview at this church in LA for a job. So I felt like the Lord was like, you need to put this on hold right now. And I remember sitting mm -hmm. in an interview, in the interview, to see if we were going to get hired. And my phone was ringing from one of the moms whose birth I was supposed to be at. And this is mm -hmm. in Fresno when wow. we were in LA. And so I thought, all right, wow. the Lord's saying to, to, to pause. And, and I was writing a book at the time. And I was like, that was my creative outlet because I love writing. And I just always had wanted to actually get a book published. So I was like, Whenever I am in extreme moments of stress, I turn to writing because it's like my outlet. Mm. And so mm. I was like furiously writing during this period of time. Um, and then we got hired and moved to this church, you know, moved to LA and away from all my family and everything, um, which was hard. It was a, a rough transition, but we just felt like that's what we were supposed to do. And so I kind of had birth on the back burner. But mm. the the pastoral role, you know, as as you guys know and um, have been a part of or know people who are in that lifestyle, mm. it is not just a job, right? It's it's okay. a life. It's all encompassing. And Ben was doing pastor work in Fresno already, um, but I was 
mostly just volunteering because I had babies, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and all I can say about those years um, working in a pastoral role at a church is that I very quickly found out it was not what I was called to do. Mm. Um, and that it was definitely what Ben was wired to do. And even though I was <laughs> originally upset with him years ago, before he decided to become a pastor, when he, after our seven ten eleven miracle, he said, God called me to be a pastor years ago when I became a musician instead. And now he's calling me back to what I'm supposed to do. I was like, are you sure he's saying that? I don't know. I wouldn't have married you if I knew you were going to become a pastor. <laughs> That's baloney. This is why I got away from all those losers in LA at that college. Exactly. <laughs> That's so funny. So, it, I mean, it, I'm glad he's doing it. Like, I had to surrender and battle that and go, you're never going to make any money. Everyone's going to be staring at me thinking I'm supposed to be perfect because I'm a pastor's wife and our kids are going to be screwed up and weird and awkward. And none of those things have really totally happened. Like God's been really gracious, but it's, it's definitely not easy. And so we had kind of, when COVID hit, we were in LA and you know, those of you who lived in LA during that time know how insane it was those last Mm-hmm. for those two years yeah. and yeah. um and so we had been praying like lord we just we don't think this is where our kids are supposed to be like they were doing mm-hmm. online schooling for eight hours a day and yeah. um you know we were barely going outside and it was just just not good i mean it was good for us as a family because it took us it basically made it it forced us to stand still and like reflect and look at our life and go, what's important? It's this time together. And what, what are our actual priorities and what are we really supposed to be doing? And like, so for us, I know for a lot of families that wasn't, they weren't able to work from home and they were mm-hmm. first responders or essential workers. And they, mm-hmm. they didn't have kids. A lot of kids didn't have that safe space of home when they were forced to not be at school. Yeah. And so Mm-hmm. We, our kids were really blessed to be able to have parents at home and present during that time where we could invest in them. And I'd been looking on online at this school um, called Go Midwife that a friend of mine had gone to in Hawaii. And she's like, I loved it. And it's like a Christian based midwifery program. And it was just incredible. And I'm like, well, I'm never going to move my family to Hawaii because being on an island, living on an island terrifies me, but you know, like (laughs) this is a nice idea. So I'd like follow them online. And then one day in the midst of this COVID pandemic, you know, we're all at home, quarantine, whatever. I look on their website and they had put up a notice saying they're moving to Bozeman, Montana and basing their school out of there. And so I like jokingly said to Ben, why don't we just move to Montana and I'll actually pursue my midwifery career? Because I had little like, you know, like Ashley had asked me to be her doula Mm -hmm. and like little, Mm -hmm. little bits of the birth world had kind of started to come up in my life again that I thought maybe this is it, but I don't want to get too excited. Every time I'd look at her website, the the midwife course, I would just start crying, like for no oh. good reason. I just like something in my spirit was like, this is it. And Ben, I thought would laugh me out of the room. And he's like, let's, let's talk about it more. Let's pray about it. 
I think Shane and Julian were probably two of the first people that we told because we're like, this is on the DL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're going to move to Montana. And everything at that point just really kind of took off. I got accepted. We, the money came up for me to, to go to school there. We found a place to live temporarily. Um, Ben said, I'm going to take three months off sabbatical and just be with my family Mm -hmm. and not work. Mm And, you know, the, our church sent us and um, made it possible for us to not have to work those those three months. And it was really like one of those things where you're like, this is this is God. And so yeah. um, that that is kind of my journey. And I think what's great about midwifery is midwifery is an art and mm-hmm. it is obviously medical based art, but it is an art form. The way you feel bellies, the way you listen the way you mm. watch a woman in labor and and give her different mm. positions to try and and everything about it is really an, an an art form and so for me i get to bring my heart towards like for people that i had in pastoral work but kind of come alongside that desire to have something creative um and love on these women and help these women it's not even about the babies. Like we love the babies. And of course it's about safety and health of everyone. But at the end of the day, midwifery is about, and I have that tattoo that I got that says with woman, because Mm -hmm. it's, that's what the word midwife means is you're with women. And I have three daughters and, um, caring for women is just like, I never, I only had brothers. I didn't have, I had girlfriends, but my relationships with women were always difficult mm-hmm. and I didn't feel like I could connect and relate to women very well most of my life and like I hated going to all the women's events at church and all these things I wasn't I don't know what it was but I think that there was like something inside of me that maybe needed some healing in my relationships with women mm-hmm. and now that's all I'm doing is caring for women so even oh, children, beautiful. even my own yeah. children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you only had old girls. <laughs> exactly. That's so cool. God was teaching me a lesson. <laughs> exactly. Just coming full circle though, that like you put the first thing that was like, okay, this is like, I'm so passionate about it. This is all I want to do is talk about it and pursue doula work. You put that on hold. You surrender basically to leaving Fresno, comfortability, leaving your family. You go to LA, you give it up. Now it's like, okay, it's your husband's time right now. And you're kind of focusing on what he's doing Mm -hmm. and you're surrendering that. And then how cool that he, the Lord had already prepared his heart of like, okay, literally, yeah, let's do it. And you, now it's your chance. And that's just such a beautiful like balance within marriage of like, yeah, ebbing and flowing together, deferring to one another and then seeing each other's hearts. Mm -hmm. So cool. Yeah. I love it. Um, it Danny, so we know you have to go. So we, we know we need to wrap this up for you, but just really quickly, if there was one thing that could just be an encouragement to a mom that is in that season of, I have to surrender, mm. I'm going to let go mm. and we're moving, you know, to Montana and I'm pursuing that. So like that balance of mom guilt, and I know this is hard, don't go too in depth, but just an encouragement <laughs> of what would you tell, yeah. you know, a Danny who was facing this of like, what would have been an encouragement to hear at that time? And then, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, I think, gosh, 
Well, I'm I'm very blessed to be married to a man who says things to me like, "You just because you're a mom doesn't mean you have to be with your children 24 hours, seven days a week. Don't feel guilt because you need to go and have a little you time, or don't feel guilt because you are pursuing something that kind of fills that void. Like obviously, I have a void that's filled by the Lord, and that's bigger than anything else. And then and then my the void that's filled by being a wife and mother. But I think as women, we, you know, I, I think it's great that there's a resurgence of women saying staying at home is okay. And that doesn't mean we're not doing anything like that's hard work Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. But I also think that we have to have a little something that's ours. Even if we are fully stay at home moms, like we have to have a little something that's ours that just satisfies our soul. And you know, the Bible says not to quench your gifts either. If we have mm-hmm. gifts, we right. we're disobeying God if we're not using them. And I feel yeah. like yep. for me, my gift has, has at 40 years old, I finally has have discovered that, that, that for me, my gifting outside of the home is to serve families and moms in midwifery. Yeah. And I, I remember saying in my mind, a few years ago, I'd love to be a midwife by the time I'm 40. And here we are just a few months away in my 40th year. Honestly, like, like almost as a, as a joke, like that sounds like a good round number, (laughs) but (laughs) here I am starting and 40 is really for all intents and purposes, kind of old to figure out a new career and a new path in life. And so I think for, any of the moms that are in that season of being able to stay at home with their kids or at least part-time being able to stay home with their kids and maybe feeling like, gosh, I know there's something else I should be doing. Mm. There's plenty of time. And mm. I remember a midwife praying over me a couple of years ago when I f- first was entering into this, this field. And she said, Danny, God doesn't care how old you are. <laughs> like mm. he's yeah. going to, I mean, look how old, Moses was and Abraham was and all these people that we see. And I mean, not even just biblical characters, but people out in the world today, there's, there's actresses in their fifties winning their first awards. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. we see these examples of women that are stepping out of their time as, as, as moms, maybe that season has passed or their, their kids are a little bit older like mine and they get to dip their toes a little bit more into that into that calling. Um, but being patient to know that that will come and there's no age where that's appropriate. The age is when the timing is right. And for me, the timing was right. And so I think just the encouragement would be that, I mean, I would, I would love to say, I wish I was, I was as present as I could have been with my children at every moment. And I think as moms, we all wish that when we look back as they get older and they're grown. Yeah. So staying as present and knowing that those moments are so fleeting, but also knowing that it's not forever, which mm-hmm. is a sad thing, but also can be kind of an encouraging thing because yeah. that difficult season is going to pass. Exactly. And is it well with your soul? Like, yes, you might mm-hmm. be feeling discouraged. Yes. You might be feeling overwhelmed. But is everything well with your soul? If you write the positive things versus the negative things, 
And I mean, just from a standpoint of someone who can, who has battled depression and anxiety, if I can look at those moments and say that the positive outweighs the negative, then I can kind of get out of that cloud and go, Mm -hmm. there's so much more life left to be lived. And I don't have to know what my, my path is right in this moment. And if my path is just being with kids, then that's what I'm supposed to be doing right now. So, and I think for me, that was just a, that was a big struggle of surrendering to my husband and what his calling was at that time. And as a strong, independent woman, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. But just waiting on the Lord and and knowing that, like you said, uh, that my time was going to, to come and not that it can't be your time, you know, being at home with your kids, but your time where you get to really fully step into your gifts is, is going to come. And it's really mm-hmm. everything up until then is a training ground for that. Um, yeah. And I think that's, that's really special. Thank you for sharing that. And that was, I think that's very encouraging for, for moms in similar places or not even moms that just had a baby and, you know, they're, they're experiencing that grief or that loss of this is what I used to do, but there's hope in what is to come. So thank you for sharing that. That was, that was so beautiful. And thank you for joining us. You are so amazing. We love you. And thank you for giving up the time as a busy midwife. So you have such an eclectic, beautiful journey. So just so cool to hear more about it. Yeah. And we can't wait to have you on again. Yes. Yay. <laughs> I, you guys are so awesome. I would love to come on again. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, this was so fun. Thank you. Thank you Thank for you. listening to me. And um, <sighs> I'm just really excited for you guys, for you ladies. Thank because you. I Thank think you. that it's uh, very, very, very important that we um shout from the rooftops the Mm. beauty and the normalcy of birth and that birth works and that birth matters (laughs) and that as women we need to take back birth from Mm -hmm. me as here I am like I'm supposed to be leaving but now I'm getting on my pedestal (laughs) but I let me just read you this quote real quick hold on because I found it I found it this morning and it just blew my mind I think that there's a lot of conversations about, you know, in the world about feminism and what that means and what that looks like and what it is to truly Mm -hmm. be a woman. And I found this quote um, from Ina Mae and I know whatever, Mm -hmm. like you can think what you want about Ina Mae, but she was a pioneer in midwifery and and home birth culture. Um, And she said, what could be more feminist than taking back the power to give birth on your own terms and saying, no, I don't want a male obstetrician who is really misguided into thinking my body is some sort of defective design brewing around my legs, yanking my baby out with instruments before I give him a chance to show him what I can do. Mm -hmm. And obviously, not every male obstetrician is like that. I've worked with some wonderful male doctors, you know, when we've had to transfer moms and uh, it's not like a slam on the medical community as a whole, because they're great when there's high risk situations, 100%. -hmm. But -hmm. I just thought, you know, that is for me, I think when I think about womanhood and femininity, taking back the power to give birth on our own terms and doing, letting our bodies do it the way that it's meant to do it and not being afraid of it and taking the fear out of it and the anxiety 
that is what I feel is one of the greatest privileges of being a woman is. And I just want girls, young girls and women to be excited about that again and not see it as a burden and not be so, um, not, not be so overwhelmed thinking, Oh, I have to be able to do it all. And I have to be able to be just like a man and, and have all of these same, you know, um, like, of course we want the same rights and privileges, but not losing sight and not losing hope as far as what it means to actually be a woman and the the beauty of that. And not every woman can have a baby and not every woman is able to, or even wants to, but making that a integral part of our appreciation of ourselves as women. Mm -hmm. Um, If, like I said earlier, if you want a confidence boost, if you want a a natural high and feel, and to be able to feel as empowered as possible, the two times I felt (laughs) like that were after I had my home births. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway. Yes. uh, There's nothing like it. I just wanted to leave with that because I read that and I thought, oh man, that is like, I think we've lost sight of that. I think we've lost sight of that. And I'm really excited for women like you um, and others that are doing that same like podcasting and spreading the information and um, basically just sharing your stories, things you're excited about and not shaming women that, you know, are doing birth differently, but saying, Hey, like just inform yourself and educate yourself and know that there is a better, a better way. Um, Mm -hmm. if you did have a bad experience, like you can change that, you can take that back. Um, yeah, just redefining it of, yeah, redefining it in joy. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's Mm -hmm. just such a huge thing of like, I wish, (laughs) I mean, I'm so glad we both came to where we are today. Obviously all three of us have changed <laughs> in ways but like mm-hmm. it's like if you could have heard this as a teenager yeah. and just mm-hmm. been like stoked that like I get to have a baby yeah. I'm the one mm-hmm. like who actually gets to bring life to this world like yeah. oof, my come period allows me to have a cycle These that are... allows me to get pregnant yes yeah. it's like our, I tell my kids <laughs> yeah it's their superpower it's, I'm like well, women yep. have yeah. a superpower we make people yeah yes. Our body goes an extra organ. Yeah. Yeah. It's so amazing. Yeah. That's like a whole other even (laughs) episode because we could chat about that for hours. I know the three of us, but (laughs) I just, it's beautiful. I just want women and girls to be excited about being women and girls and not see it as a burden or not see it as something that's wrong with them, but something that like is pretty incredible and might I say pretty badass. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, It's incredible. (laughs) All right, Danny, thank you so much. We're going to wrap it up for today. Thank Thank you. 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 Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Mama. We're so thankful you decided to join us today and we hope you go forward in your day feeling encouraged and seen. Here are a few ways you can connect with our community and support the show. The first way is to share the show with a friend via text or Instagram. You can follow and leave a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And finally, follow us on Instagram at 4 Mama Birth. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week for another episode.